Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Hello, folks. It's Wednesday. Time for my midweek update. Thanks for joining the uh, ORAT YouTube channel. I'm sitting in for Mr. Zuber, who I think is still traveling. Well, he might be coming home soon. So we'll see. Anyway, just wanted to talk about where we are, where the market is so far this week, and where it might be headed. So I'm going to make this one a quick one. Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the comments on the YouTube channel. I do read those occasionally. Um, I saw one that was, I thought it was pretty funny. They said, uh, I should invest in a camera. And I don't disagree with that. But um, I'm doing this on Zuber's YouTube channel. So I'm not making any money doing this. I'm just doing it for free just because I like doing it. So if I do start my own YouTube channel and I can get enough followers and maybe I can afford to buy my own camera. So we'll see what happens. Let me share my screen and we'll jump into where the market is, and where it might be headed. And a couple of other things I wanna talk about. So if anyone, uh, quite a few people are getting my newsletter. If anyone would like to join, just send me an email to breakpointtrading at gmail.com and I'll send you last week's newsletter. I actually talked about the yield curve and the fact that the uh, recession does not start until after the yield curve has gone back above zero. So you hear a lot about the inverted yield curve predicting a recession and it's actually pretty reliable doing that. But it's important to understand that the actual recession does not occur until after the yield curve goes back above zero. We're getting a jobs number on Friday. That's going to be really important. If it comes in super strong like the last one did, then the Fed is going to have more incentive to maybe go to 50 basis points. I think that's part of the, the issue with the market right now. The um, 10-year Treasury almost hit 4% today. So it was up uh, to 33.99, almost 4 so that's uh, kind of a reflection that uh, the bond market thinks that the Fed is going to raise more than what uh, the last expectation was. And that may be true, but I'll talk about that more this weekend about where I think um, inflation is headed and what the Fed might do. But let's take a look at where the market was today. So this is the S&P. And what you can see here in the lower right corner is it's sitting right on the 200-day moving average. So the 200-day was at 39.40. We ended today at 39.51. It didn't really move a lot up or down, and the volume was a little bit less than average. <clears throat> so not a significant uh, drop, but if it breaks through that 200-day moving average, I think it will. it may accelerate very quickly to the downside. So we are sitting on the knife edge right now. It's um, it's a decision point for the market. 
it could just as easily bounce off of that 200 day and reverse back higher. But I think because um, March in general is not a great month, here's what March looks like according to Stock Traders Almanac. And you can see we are right in the middle right here. Um, Friday is the non-farm payrolls. You can see historically going back to 1950, the market actually sells off next week. Uh, it goes lower into the middle of the week. And then it starts climbing out of that into the rest of March. We have the CPI inflation report on the 14th, and that might be the catalyst that might send us higher. We'll see. I'll talk about that more this weekend. So we're at a point right now in March that um, in general, the market's usually been weak. For that reason, it uh, could very easily drop through the 200-day. The next level to be watching then with the Fibonacci's are, is 3,900. I think it could get there very quickly. If it drops through 3,940, the 200-day, I think we'll hit 3,900. If it does it tomorrow, then I think we'll hit there tomorrow. Jobs number on Friday will determine what happens next. So if it comes in very strong, then the market may sell off more. The next major level is 3,800, and that's a really important one too, because that's where this low was when we made a higher low. Here's the low in October. We made a higher low right here in December and early January before the market started climbing higher. We don't wanna go below that. If we drop below that 3,900 level, then we could easily head back to the low, the October low, 3,500. I don't think that's gonna happen. And the next week and a half or so is going to be really important because if, if it does, that's when it will happen. And then the inflation number on the 14th, I think could be the catalyst. So we'll see what happens there. So keep an eye on that. Here's the NASDAQ. NASDAQ 2 is sitting right on a very important um, support level. Also the 200 day moving average, but in addition, it's sitting on the a Fibonacci level, which is at a pretty, almost exactly at the same place. So if the market does decline, this one could very quickly head lower as well. Now, in this case for the NASDAQ, this is the NASDAQ 100. In this case, there was not a higher low put in. So it's basically a triple bottom down here, right about where that hit. It would be nice to go back up from here because that would then make a higher low. But because of where we are in March, it uh, could just as easily drop through. I ba basically, I think what I'm saying is you should be very cautious. I would not recommend buying any stocks right now. I would wait to see what the market does. In fact, if we go over and look at uh, VectorVest, VectorVest right now is uh, neutral but it's in a confirmed down trend. It's a down, down, the trend itself. Um, basically, VectorVest does not advocate buying any stocks at this time. So I would, I would adhe adhere to what VectorVest is saying. This is the uh, market timing graph. And this is the, I'll put in the medium term signal. We, we had a sell signal right here last Tuesday. We are right on this trend line, kind of what I was showing you on the S&P, but we're sitting right on it. Um, 
everything here is accelerating to the downside. The MACD is kind of going sideways, so it's pretty stable. But the um, detrender price oscillator is below zero, so that's negative for the market. That's the reason that it gave the sell signal right here. So again, in VectorVest, it could easily continue to send, send the market lower. But we're sitting on a decision point right now. We've basically gone sideways for pretty much a week, a little bit more than a week. After that big sell-off on Tuesday, the market has pretty much gone sideways. So it's consolidating in a way that's good, consolidating all the gains that it has made off of this low right here. Um, but it's at a junction, it's at a decision point. So it could drop through that, which if it does, it'll very quickly go back down to this low here. So keep an eye on it. I would not be buying stocks right now. I, I also wouldn't necessarily be shorting right now either because it could go either way. And, and if, if it does start to take off, you don't want to be short if the market takes off. So right now, I think just being in cash, sitting on the sidelines, waiting to see what happens is probably the best strategy. Um, while I'm here, I want to look at the portfolios that I created. I actually went back. I talked about the uh, dividend stocks last uh, weekend on Sunday. What I did was I went in and created some dividend uh, portfolios using the scans that I showed you before. So the first one is the blue chip scan. This is uh, VectorVest's own dividend scan. And I back tested all of these to the first day of January. So this is assuming we just took the top 10. If you remember on Sunday, I showed you, I think it was the 100, the top 100. But if you took just the top 10 from January the 3rd and bought all of those and just held it for a year, here's what it would look like, like right now. So the VectorVest scan gives you four, five and a half percent. This was actually up to 6% earlier today, but about 5.5% since January 3rd. The aristocrats, which is a technique used, it's pretty well known. You, could, you can Google dividend aristocrats. So these are companies that consistently pay out dividends over the last 25 years and have consistently raised their dividend. And if they miss a criteria, they drop out of it and cannot return for another 25 years. So these are the top 10 from that search. And you can see starting again, January 3rd, in this case, it's up a little less than 1%. And then finally, the one that I created, dividend scan using some very specific criteria around not just the dividends, but also the strength of the company itself, something that has high um, relative value, relative strength, so it's not just the dividends, it's also the strength of the company too. Um, these are the top 10 that it returned, again, back testing to January the 3rd. So if you just run this on January 3rd, the 3rd, these are the 10 stocks that would have appeared. And if you had held those up until now, it would be up 12%. So that's uh, that scan that I created actually looks pretty good. It looks pretty interesting. So we'll see, we'll continue to check on these three and see how they do over time. Last thing I want to do is jump back to the charts back here and I'm going to put in I'm going to put in Rivian. We're going to look at some uh, stocks that just reported earnings. Rivian reported last night and what I'm looking at is 
my relative strength chart. So the way this works is the top panel, the yellow panel is the sector that Rivian is in, which is consumer discretionary. So how does the discretionary sector, how has it been doing versus the whole S&P? If it's trending up, that means it's outperforming the S&P. If it's going down like it has been recently, that means it's underperforming the S&P. So you can see right now, the sector that Rivian is in has been outperforming. The next one is the industry group, which is the auto industry group. How, how does it do against its sector? So discretionary. Again, you can see autos have been outperforming the sector. The third one, which is the most important, the blue one is the one to really look at. And this is one way that you can look at charts uh, and look at companies before earnings to make a decision if you're already holding it, whether you wanna to continue to hold or if you wanna enter something before earnings, I always recommend that you check when the earnings are. I don't necessarily recommend holding into earnings or at least not buying just before earnings. I would wait until after, it's, after they've reported. But if it's something that you've been holding for a while and you're curious to see what might happen, this is one way to do it. It's not, it doesn't work all the time. So keep that in mind. But usually there's a quiet period for most companies where they can't talk to the analyst on Wall Street. So what that means is there's about a three week period before earnings come out that Wall Street can't really talk to them. So the time before that, Wall Street has been talking with them, talking about you know, what their inventory looks like, what their productions runs look like, things like that. And based on that, over time, Wall Street will form an opinion about a particular stock. So this third panel right here shows Rivian versus its industry group. Or another way to say that is, how is Rivian doing relative to its peers? And if this is trending down, that means it's underperforming appears in its own industry group. So even though the industry group is going up right here, Rivian has been significantly underperforming its peers and has been underperforming for quite a while. So this is one that I would not, if you were holding it, I would not keep it. And if you were thinking about buying it, I would wait until after earnings to do that. The, the last one, the red one down here is how does Rivian do versus everything else in the market? So again, if it's, if it's trending down, that means it's underperforming the rest of the market. And you can see once again, Rivian has been significantly underperforming the rest of the market. <clears throat> so how did it do after earnings last night? Well, you can see right here, it did not do very well. I mean, I don't even have to look at the earnings to know that they missed. So had a big sell-off all day today. It's right down at a support level. So we'll see if that holds or if it continues lower. Wouldn't be surprised to see it continue lower. Uh, let's look at another one. QM is in the software space. MQ, I'm sorry. MQ is in the software space. Again, you can see uh, it's in the technology. Technology versus the S&P looks really good. However, the software group versus technology has been underperforming. And MQ, if you forget about this big drop right here, even over the last few months, it has been underperforming its own industry group. So this is another one that if I was holding it, I probably would not hold it into earnings. And how's it do against everything else in the market? 
it's been underperforming for quite a long time, actually. And here's what it looked like when it when it reported last night. Big drop. Let's look at um, CRM. Now CRM reported tonight. I know what uh, what happened after they reported. It's not going to show it on this chart because this is just up until the close today. You can see though, if you look at this, uh, this is also in the software group, technology. So technology has been outperforming the S&P. Software group has not done great against the technology sector. It's been underperforming. Had some periods of where it's trying to outperform, but in general, it's been underperforming. But CRM is definitely outperforming its peers. So the blue one here is the one to really look at. It's out, been outperforming its peers significantly. And here's what it's been doing versus the rest of the market. So it's been outperforming the rest of the market as well. Ever since uh, December, ever since really January is when the, uh, the NASDAQ usually does really well. So CRM Salesforce has done really well. Somebody looks like somebody knew what the report was going to be because it had a nice gain, nice rally today. In, right into the close. Um, the RSI is, is sitting right at the halfway point and starting to trend higher. And the accumulation distribution, another thing to look at is big institutions have been accumulating Salesforce ever since December. So they're significantly adding to their positions. So after they reported, it is right now, it is up $27, up 16%. After hours, it's at about 194. So that puts it way up here. There's the 195 level, way, way up here. So this is one, if you're just looking at relative strength, and this is a way to look at relative strength versus its own industry group and versus the rest of the market. So if you were just looking at relative strength, you would have concluded that this is one that you probably would want to hold through earnings. And that would have ended up doing pretty well. Another one actually that looked pretty good, this is my old company and Zuber's old company, Splunk, they reported tonight as well. They look, uh, they are signif significantly outperforming their software industry peers and outperforming the rest of the market. And you can see it was just kind of going sideways along with the rest of the market today. Now they reported tonight as well. And it looks like they, they're down two and a half dollars. So about two and a half percent down after hours. So it looks like, I'm not sure it was definitely a miss. I don't really know what, what it looks like. Might not be a miss, but I don't think they impressed Wall Street or their guidance wasn't so great. So that's why I say this is a this is a good barometer to use, but it doesn't always work. So just one tool in your tool chest to take a look at. We go over here to symbol summary. This is in uh, stock charts. You can see right here after hours, down 2.4% after hours. And if we look at CRM, after hours up 20, almost $27, $194. So for those of you that are in Salesforce, congratulations. That was a nice one to hold on to. So that's, that's about it for tonight. Um, the market is at a critical 
decision point right now, this actually Salesforce might actually help the NASDAQ tomorrow, might help it gain some tomorrow. Here's what the NASDAQ looked like today, sitting right on that 200 day moving average. So based on the report from Salesforce, it might actually be a catalyst for the NASDAQ to start to take off right here. We'll see what happens in the morning. For those interested, again, in my newsletter, there's no charge for this. It's just something that I do for friends and family, basically, every weekend, every Saturday. If you're interested, just send me a note to breakpointtrading at gmail.com, and I'll send you last week's newsletter, and then I'll be happy to add you to uh, the future ones. And if you ever want to be taken off, just let me know. No problem at all. And someday, hopefully, I'll have a new camera. So thanks for the comments and for the likes on YouTube as well. So thanks, everyone. Hope you have a great week. And I'll talk to you more this weekend. Take care.